Bums on Seats on Cambridge 105 Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, just a word of warning. Oh, you're a mess, aren't you? I'm not very tall either. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Hello, and you're listening to Cambridge 105 across the city in South Cambridgeshire. And it's that time. It's Bums on Seats time. Uh, and uh, this week, we're not talking about uh, the newest releases in the cinema and on Netflix. Instead, we're doing a useful public service to you all. We've scoured uh, the Radio Times. We've looked at the upcoming Christmas TV schedules, and we have handpicked a finely curated selection of films for you to just slouch in front of the TV, avoid your family, and watch over the Christmas period. But it isn't just me. I'm Alistair Ryder, by the way, and I am joined by uh, a, a great team today. <laughs> we've, we've got Dave Riley. Hello. We've got, we've got Rowan Lamb. Hello. We've got Emma Marchant. Happy almost Christmas. We've got Larkin O'Neill. Hello. And we've got uh, Cambridge 105, you know, camp out. You know, she's been here all day. She's now on the keys. She might speak today. Me again. Ash- Ashley's here. Hi. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we, we're doing this day by day. We've, we're going to just break down the best picks on each day. So get a pen in one hand, paper in the other, start making notes. Uh, we're going to start from December 23rd, I believe. So what would anybody like to start with the recommendations? Oh, and uh, on ITV2 at 8pm, we've got Rogue One. One of the... Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is Star Wars. It's very out of character for you to recommend a Star Wars film, I have yeah, to say. my Star Wars t-shirt that I'm wearing today is not at all a clue. <laughs> no, uh, Rogue One is one of the uh, the newer films. It's set between Episode 3 and the original Star Wars A New Hope. Can you give me the name of Episode 3 so I actually Revenge know... Revenge of the Sith. Thanks. It's the one where everyone gets very angry at each other <laughs> and the world in general in uh, Hayden Christensen's character's case. But uh, no, Rogue One is the story of how they stole the Death Star plans and gave them to Princess Leia to kick off episode four. And, you know, it's a bit of a bleak Star Wars film because you can pretty much guess how it's going to end. None of the characters are in the next film. Uh, well, yeah, it's just a standalone. But I mean... After the Solo, a Star Wars story, which was the Han Solo origin story, that didn't do very well at the box office, and they had all of these plans for other Star Wars spin-offs that now will never get made. This was, like, the one big one that did hit. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's a cracker of a film. The cast they've got together is absolutely amazing. The standout for me is Alan Tudyk as the droid, who's a, a C2-S3PO or something like that. Oh, He's I, I so sarcastic. Say, if you like, it's K2SO. Actually. Uh, I so moved... I did the uh, Star Wars nerd just get, just get schooled on Star Wars? Is that what's happening? It was the Star Wars nerds office Christmas party last yeah. night. Leave the Star Wars nerd alone. <laughs> can, I, can, I, can I give a shout-out to Ben Mendelsohn? Even though this kind of then has to now typecast him into just baddies in films, but, you know, anything with Ben Mendelsohn is always worth watching. He's deliciously creepy in it, isn't he? He's amazing. He is, He's yeah. amazing. And Felicity, jo- Felicity Jones? Mm-hmm. Yep. She's very good. Yep. Uh, I'm she's... not even a Star Wars fan, by the way. I'm not even a Star yeah. Wars remotely a Star Wars fan. What is your favourite Star Wars film? I haven't even seen them all. Um, probably Return of the Jedi, because you've got those cute little Ewoks in it. I've only <laughs> ever seen, uh, like, the George Lucas recut version of Return of the Jedi that he did in the late 90s when he was going insane and adding things to it so I've only ever seen Return of the Jedi with that little sort of uh, musical number that they do that's the only version I've ever seen and I think I, I would love it I have not seen yeah, it yeah no that's the thing I only got told recently that that isn't in the actual film George Lucas just went crazy and they made like late there 90s is, and just there is stuff. a song but it's just a very bad puppet mm-hmm. and a very bad song but it's, I, I, it's still sorry, intricate I, I believe you'll find that that is, that is a banger and if it's on the system we're going to queue it up we're not um, <laughs> <laughs> but if it was, was on the system uh, Lock, what are your Star Wars thoughts? Um, well, regarding Rogue One, I think the the worst uh, the worst thing they did with Rogue One was cast Felicity Jones because she is because she is so much better than Daisy Ridley in every way, shape, and form, yeah. <laughs> and completely detracts from how poor Daisy Ridley does in those new Star Wars films. <laughs> She's immediately engaging. She just knows she knows how to act, which is wonderful. It's what you want from your actor. Um, I know Rogue One. I think Rogue One's better than any of the sequel trilogies because uh, everyone 
everyone thought it was going to be a bust. No one wanted it. It's like, why are you telling this unnecessary story? Um, there was massive reshoots. They were recutting it to the down to the wire, and then it came out, and it turned out to be a phenomenally well put together film somehow. Yeah, because that's the thing. Um, the, the director credit on it is Gareth Edwards, who made the Godzilla film in 2014 but the rumour is that he was just basically shut off the set halfway through and they just hired somebody else to recut everything. I think Dan Gilroy, who got a writing credit, ended up reshooting a lot of it. He's the Nightcrawler guy. Oh, no, Tony Gilroy. Tony Gilroy. is related to Dan Gilroy, but I'm not sure how. The Gilroy guys. The Gilroy game. Yeah, it's yeah, that. okay. Yeah. Um, Operating in the background. <laughs> yeah. I want to see a film called The Gilroy Game. <laughs> so have we got any other recommendations? Oh, sorry, Dave, when is uh, Rogue One on? Uh, it's 8pm ITV2, and it's repeated on the 27th in the same time So slot. you've got no excuse not to watch Rogue One, unless you're like me, the only person in this room who did not care for Rogue One. Um, <laughs> any other recommendations for December 23rd, Rowan? I've got a light one. If you're not really interested in uh, raucous action, you want something a bit more philosophical... Kung Fu Panda is on BBC One <laughs> at 10.30am. Um, one of the best films ever made, and I will hear no argument. Jack Black does a wonderful um, voiceover of the main character, Poe, and, and this is serious, I think it's got one of the best uses of slow motion in an action scene of any film that decade. What? <laughs> so this was released within the same ten years that The Matrix was released. Um, well, no, The Matrix came out in 99. Yeah, so this that, is 2008, so yeah, that's, it's the within decade, the decade. The decade runs from 2000. You know, I'm talking about the <laughs> your botanical decade rather than your culinary decade. Well, you know, The, the Matrix walked so Kung Fu Panda could run in many ways. Indeed, that's what they <laughs> say, actually. I think I think that's written on the back of the box. I'm actually I'm actually a big fan of the Kung Fu Panda trilogy, um, yeah. and I would say, if Kung Fu, is Kung Fu Panda 2 showing at all? Do we know? Because I'm that is... that I'm is certain. I would say that's my favourite of the trilogy, so seek that one out if mm-hmm. you've uh, watched Kung Fu Panda and you've had a whale of a time. Anybody else? <laughs> kind of Kung Fu Panda thought? <laughs> oh, I, think, I never thought I'd need to ask on the radio. I think in the run-up to, um, the run-up to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I think uh, Tarantino threw some shade on it, saying the whole film was just a rip-off of the Pie May stuff from Kill Bill Volume 2. Yeah. Which is kind of weird, but that's that's the most kind of source of shade that I can find against Trump. <laughs> I think it's pretty good. They're all right. They're not my... They, we're going to be talking some more about some more animated films. They're yeah. not up there for me in my top. Okay, well, if, you're, if you've somehow been living under the rock for the last 11 years and you're not familiar with Kung Fu Panda, take, take, a, take a listen to the trailer and see if it's for you. Of tradition and honor. One Kung Fu master, let's get started, has trained five of the greatest warriors the world has ever known. But this master's biggest challenge has just arrived. I'm coming! (laughs) (laughs) Stairs. Yeah! Jack Black. Go ahead, Panda. Show us what you can do. Um, are they gonna watch or should I just wait until I get back to work or something? Just hit it. Get ready to feel the thunder. Come out with crazy feet. What are you gonna do about crazy feet? I'm a blur. I'm a blur. You never seen bear style. Would you hit it? How's that? Everybody was Are you ready? I was born ready. Can I punch through walls? Can I do a quadruple backflip? Focus. Focus. That flabby panic is not the warrior. You just need to believe. Oh, that was awesome. Let's go again. This June, when you focus on Kung Fu, you suck. So yeah, Kung Fu Panda, when's that on, Rowan? That is on, yeah, BBC One, 10.30 a.m., so, you know, pre, uh, pre-lunch pre on the 23rd of December. So, you're thinking, right, that's that's good, 10.30 a.m., but what about, like, at 2 a.m. in the morning? What's what, <laughs> Dave, what is possibly on at 2 a.m.? Uh, uh, it, it's, it's not quite 2 a.m., it will probably finish by 2 a.m., uh, so it's 12.25 a.m., technically Christmas Eve. Uh, it's the original Manchurian Candidate with Frank Sinatra and, of course, Angela Lansbury. As the evil, evil Angela Lansbury. <laughs> no, you know, yeah, I know, it just doesn't make sense, but at the same time, she's absolutely perfect in the role. Murder, um, she did. Murder, <laughs> she did. I like it. 
Um, but yeah, uh, so that, that I'm, I'm only going to recommend it quickly because it's on very late. But th- this is actually the exact same time slot where I saw it for the very first time. So I was like, yeah, it really works when you're quite sleep deprived. It makes it even scarier. Yeah, because it's a paranoid thriller, and what you really need to be is in that sort of lucid state to yeah. feel like you're being followed as well. I thought I was being stalked by an animated teapot at one point, and <laughs> it, it turned on me. It was very, very scary. And on that note. Christmas Eve. Um, so, Emma, yes. Larkin, you have tons of nuts of films that are coming tons, on tons on Christmas Eve. Tons. So I'll start, start with you, Emma. What are your well, top picks? it turns out that one of my very favourite films of all time is on on Christmas Eve at 12.45, and that would be the Technicolor masterpiece that is Seven Brides of Seven Brothers. And if you have not seen Howard Keel singing Bless Your Beautiful Hide, any time of the year, frankly, I urge you, I urge you to tune in. It is one of the most wonderful musicals. Kids, kids end up liking that kind of stuff as well because I'm always force-feeding my younger nephew's stage extravaganza. So they loved Grease 2, and this is like high-end Grease 2. Yeah, they so my kids... Put it on the poster. All three of them... I grew up watching this with my mum and my sister all the time, and all three of my boys love this film so much so we even went to go and see it on the stage as well. It is just a rollicking good time with a a lot of good-looking men with crazy red hair. So, my big question is, of course, you, this is one of your favourite films, so surely you can answer this. Uh, can you rank all of the seven brides from best to worst? <laughs> uh, yeah, Dorcas, I think, is number one. So, she's, Dor- married Dorcas. Ben- she's married to Benjamin. Um, I'm, come on, I, to be fair, I'm a woman, so I'm much better at, at doing the brothers. Okay, please Which rank the brothers. Go, I would say Benjamin, Gideon, Adam... Because um, they're A, B, C, D, E, F, and G, and biblical names, Amazing. because then they follow that. So, so I would say Benjamin, Gideon, Adam, Frank, short for frankincense, Ephraim, <laughs> Daniel, and Caleb. I wasn't prepared for just how much of a Christmas oh, film this I is. Really, I, have, I have a lot of knowledge about Seven, Seven Brothers, but we can talk about that later. I just urge everyone to watch it, because it is, and the, the scene, the barn-raising scene, which is incredibly famous, and it was, they have a, they, they borrowed a guy from the New York City Ballet at the time to do it, is some of the most, you know, it's one of the best choreographed dance scenes I've seen in any of those era of musicals. It's brilliant. What time's that on? It's on at 12.45 <laughs> on Christmas Eve, on Channel 5. Channel 5, you know you know it's going to be quality. Uh, Larkin, <laughs> um, uh, what are your picks for Christmas Eve? Uh, I've just got the one. That's kind of like a... a f- uh, I don't usually talk about family films, so it's a little alternative family film on Channel 4 at 11am, Small Soldiers. Joe Dante, if anyone's a fan of his, I, I, f- I find Joe Dante one of the most entertaining directors to watch. He's just so lovable. Um, he, directed, uh, he directed Gremlins, is, is probably his most famous one. Um, yeah, just a, a weird alternative but very funny little family film with a odd cast that just kind of works really well. Yeah, uh, Young Kirsten Dunst. Young Kirsten Dunst, David Cross, I think, shows up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all the voice actors were... Uh, Dennis Fug- Leary's Fugitive guy. Who's Fugitive Guy? Tommy Lee Jones. Is Ali Ermi in it as well? He must no, be one of them. The, sort of, the full, metal, full Metal Jacket. So, oh, yeah. yeah. No, oh, he's, uh, he must be one of the small soldiers. Be. Either that or you're thinking of the soldiers from Toy Story. Because I think he's I the might actually be thinking of that. I <laughs> also shall, a very good film. Should, should clarify, I have not seen Small Soldiers since I was 10, but on the subject of Joe Dante, um, December 23rd, in the evening, Gremlins is on. So you could watch Gremlins at, I think, 10.30pm on ITV, go to bed, wake up the next morning, watch Small, sh- small Soldiers, have yourself a little Dante double. Dante sandwich, nice. Yeah. Um, but I do, you know, I think that, you know, Gremlins may be Joe Dante's best film. I think that may be Dante's peak, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> All right, I'll, 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 I'll couch out of that one, yeah. That's a yellow card, Alistair. <laughs> right, uh, Rowan, have you got some Christmas Eve recommendations? I have, actually, yes. On BBC Two at 11.40 in the morning, we've got the Albert Finney, the dearly departed Albert Finney's version of Murder on the Orient Express, starring Lauren Bacall, who might be the most beautiful woman who's ever lived, and Ingrid Berman, who wasn't so bad herself, and some fly-by-night called Sean Connery, never heard of him. Um, but this, I will watch any version of Murder on the Orient Express, apart from perhaps the, uh, the last one that came out. Have you watched it, though, the last one? Yeah, I have, and you I will did. will never watch it again. No. But this version is brilliant. Just, I mean, I, I don't want to give the ending away, but I'm sure everyone knows the story of the Murder on the Orient Express. And uh, it's a classic. I love it. I love anything Agatha Christie. I love anything whodunity. And this is a really good one. I mean, you, you say you don't want to spoil it, but the title itself is a spoiler. There's a, <laughs> when you go on the Orient Express, it's going to be a murder. Um, Dave, uh, Christmas Eve picks. 
Oh, I, I haven't actually got any specifically. I was also going to go with Murder on the Orient Express. <laughs> well, yeah, t- oh, tell, well, me what, yeah. tell me what you love about Murder on, Murder on the Orient Express. I mean, I think the my favourite part of the film is that they've also got Anthony Perkins in it. as the, He's the, the aide to the person who's going to get off to on the Orient Express. can't remember who plays him. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it's really unfair. He's carrying his psycho baggage with him. You just take one look at him in the film and you just go, he done it. It's <laughs> he done it the whole time. And then you find out as the film progresses, he seems to be like the most unlikely person to have done it. And it's really, really nicely put together. I think Sidney Lumet directed it. And Do you know what year, what year was it? Just out of interest. What year was it? 1974. Thank you very much. Yeah. Just um, wanted to know that. I was trying to picture what kind of era Anthony Perkins well, were looking at. I suppose, yes, okay, yeah, it was set in 1935, but yes, 1974, Anthony Perkins. The peak of his creepiness. Yeah, and Anthony Peak in. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, if you need more Agatha Christie, Simon's just pointed out. Simon's here now. Yay! Yay, Hi. Simon. Yeah, um, we've, got, we've got Peter Ustin off afterwards. Simon, go. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's Death on the Nile. Uh, basically, so Peter Ustinov taking over as Praro. Yeah. And Death on the Nile, I, I can't really... Uh, is it the David? Yeah, David Niven. Uh, Bette Davis is in it as well. So there's been, you know, another cracking all-star cast. I haven't seen that one, though. I've seen Murder Under the Sun. It wouldn't be Christmas if it, if Death on the Nile wasn't on. So, oh. yeah. And, uh, it- yeah, and they're now doing a, a Kenneth Branagh Death on the Nile. No! With a, an all-star cast, including Russell Brand. Because that was what? the very last line. That was the very last line of the Murder on the Express, wasn't it? It's like I have to go and do something in Egypt. <laughs> Off you go, Kenneth, into a secret. Uh, I did not mind the Kenneth Brand of Murder on the Express. I took my kids and they thought it was the funnest thing they'd ever seen in their lives because they'd never seen Agatha Christie who done it. So I'm going to say I'm up for some Kenneth Branagh and his fine moustache work. Kenneth Branagh uh, makes a fine children's murder mystery. Uh, <laughs> you're dead that right. Kind of with faint praise, isn't it? I was going to say that was a really it's a really good way to get kids into the Agatha Christie stories because it was there was no subtlety about that script at all. It was spoon feed, spoon feed, spoon feed, but it's fun for the and family. And it looked good. A little family murder, and oh. it is one of the best costumed films of all time no matter what version and also if 1930s train wear and also if you're really into uh, murder mysteries uh, the motion picture Knives Out is still in cinemas everywhere <gasps> go amazing. see it it's wonderful um, so yeah what time is uh, Death on the Nile on do we know what day uh, what time 1.45 to 4pm uh, also BBC 2 Oh, yeah, so if you want a murder mystery, just lock yourself into BBC Two over Christmas. Um, so, yeah, should we have a, a little Christmas song to change the mood? A little interlude, if you want. Yeah, let, here we go. Peaceful Island has been home to our family. But beyond our reef, a great danger is coming. Legend tells of a hero who will journey to find the demigod Maui. And together, they will save us all. of the wind and sea, I am Hero of Men. What? It's actually Maui shapeshifter, demigod of the wind and sea, Hero of Men. I interrupted from the top, Hero of Men. Go. I'm not going on a mission with some little girl. This is my canoe, and you will journey to different... Did not see that coming. The ocean is a friend of mine. First, we've got to go through a whole ocean of bad. <gasps> Kakamora. Kako, what? They're kind of cute. <laughs> so, that's the trailer for Moana. 
And uh, which brings us to Christmas Day, where that is the big premiere on BBC One. So uh, what's everybody's thoughts on Moana? It's great. Um, no, in all seriousness, it was the one that came out after Frozen, obviously, and they got Lin-Manuel Miranda, um, who was obviously hot stuff off the back of Hamilton to help with the songs. And you've got Dwayne The Rock Johnson playing Maui, the demigod, who has some cracking numbers in it. And it just is, I think in terms of Disney princess films, I think Moana has some kick-ass behaviour, which I like about her. She's cool. It looks beautiful. Who doesn't want to pretend that they're sitting in an animated Polynesian island on Christmas Day? I, for one, think that sounds pretty good. Yeah, that's what I spend most of my Christmases doing anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously. I can see it. Yeah. Um, so if you're not actually on a real-life Polynesian island, then tune into Mana. But it, no, I think it's the songs are great, the story's great, the co- it, it's just, it's a cracking Disney film. Okay. Um, Dave, you like Moana as well. Right? Do I? Okay, yeah. yes I do. <laughs> do um, you, yeah. Dave? <laughs> I, I actually find it's the, the interplay between uh, Moana and... Oh, I can't remember his name. Maui. Maui. Uh, the interplay between the two of them is brilliant. My favourite scene is the bit where the entire ocean gangs up on Maui to help Moana, <laughs> and he's just kind of guilt-tripped into helping her because every time he throws her off the boat, the water just lifts her back on again. <laughs> I also want to shout out that... I think it's the crab voiced by Jermaine Clement. Of it is. The yes. Shiny. So shiny. It, There's an awesome song which is yeah with that kind of flight of the concourse vibe going on when he sings so shiny it's very good okay and uh larkin do you have any disney thoughts i can't imagine you sitting at home watching moana i have to say i haven't seen it i've I've listened to that you're welcome song a lot i say anytime i want to be anytime i want to say you're welcome sarcastically i just kind of hum that song to people and then walk away (laughs) so so maybe you should be fun fun times (laughs) maybe you should watch the rest of the film to get that in the context i kind of like where i'm at right now (laughs) so emma uh where when is Moana It is on, on BBC One and it's on Christmas Day at 12.55. So when you've opened all your presents and you're drinking your whatever, your your Christmas tipple of choice, whether that be eggnog or maybe some um, Aldi champagne or some... <laughs> Other supermarkets are available. <laughs> That's very true. Then just sit down and, and immerse yourself in Moana. And it's a lot of fun. Okay, Dave, um, I know you're a Moana fan, but I think you've got some other <laughs> Christmas Day picks for us yeah uh 7 15 a.m so you know maybe one more for the kids just send them downstairs turn the tv on and go back to bed parents uh, we've got rise of the guardians on bbc2 and this is the one about father christmas tooth fairy easter bunny and the sandman they are the guardians who protect all the children from you know bad stuff and then we've got pitch the nightmare comes back to try and take over the world and destroy all hope and stuff but luckily there's a new guardian in town in the form of jack frost Voiced by Chris Evans, is that right? Uh, Chris, Chris Pine. Pine. Wrong Chris, yeah. Emma. Star Trek the Chris. Best Chris. I haven't even got onto the cast We all yet, know Emma. the best Chris is Chris Hemsworth. Shush. Yes. In the Battle of the Chrises, this is the only Chris in the film, though, so he wins. <laughs> in default. Yep. Uh, I mean, we've Christmas. also we've got, I think, probably my favourite actor in the entire thing. Jude Law is playing Pitch, which is... Is he he's... your favourite actor no, in the entire world? No, I haven't finished yet. Oh! <laughs> <gasps> this show with you so long and I never knew that I mean I have to say that I'm glad I was sat down because that was kind of a bombshell as well I don't think Dev has ever mentioned Jude Law Uh, nine years I've been doing this at one point I'll finish my thought (laughs) and you'll all be very disappointed my favourite actor in the film I was going to a quick nod to Jude Law as the villain pitch he's oily and superbly kind of over the top evil for it which is brilliant where it actually goes to Hugh Jackman I was going to say yeah. as the Easter Bunny and he is also your so Hugh Jackman is your favourite actor in the film oh in the film <laughs> I think you've them all time and I was just I'm yeah I was Look, we know that Dave goes home and... it's Mark Hamill come on <laughs> <laughs> I did think I didn't believe Hugh Jackman had been in any Star Wars films at all so that <laughs> confused me no, just going to like do a do a bit imagining Dave going home and just re-watching Chappie every night because he just loves Hugh Jackman <laughs> I so loved Chappie I, I, I think loved maybe is a bit far, but I, I also really like Chappie, no, but that's yeah, a conversation like for another time. Uh, yeah, don't let your if kids Chappie's watch on Chappie. in any schedules, check out Chappie. <laughs> I think it's on Netflix at the minute. Well, I'm, I'm telling you, you could you could do a lot worse. Stream Chappie. Yeah. Um, Rowan, what your, what's your Christmas Day pick? Well, I've gone again. Uh, something quite festive, you know, um, something for everybody. Deadpool is on at 9 p.m. on Film Four, starring. Um, Ryan Reynolds, who is actually everyone's favourite actor. The second best Ryan, sorry. (laughs) After Gosling, I presume. But um, that was a film that sort of came out of nowhere, surprised quite a lot of people, I think, with how well it was received. 
Um, more famous, perhaps, for its marketing campaign than for its actual content. But wonderful film, very funny, not one for children. But, so um, it's not the PG-13 version, it's not... Because you know they bought out the Deb... What's it called? Deadpool... Once upon that's a Deadpool. Deadpool Tool. Is that, that, that's Deadpool yeah, no, Deadpool. Once Upon a Deadpool I didn't see in the schedule, which is disappointing because I would love to have seen that. But no, this is your, your uh, vanilla Deadpool. Um, but yeah, absolutely fantastic. Very funny, very violent, very gory. Exactly what you want on Christmas evening. A little bit sexy, as I remember, as well. So, you know, you've got everything. Something for everyone. <laughs> Just what you want. Just gather the family round TV and watch something a little bit sexy. Um, uh, Simon, did you have a recommendation? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, the one Chris we haven't mentioned so far, and my nomination of the Battle of the Chrises, is Chris Pratt, oh. who you can see in Jurassic World on ITV2 at... One moment. 8pm. Um, Jurassic World, fantastic action film. Definitely the best Jurassic uh, film after the first one. <laughs> after the first one. Um, that was, that was like a shock at Dinosaurs. And also... Lots of action. Bryce Dallas Howard. Um, so many shots fantastic. of Chris Pratt, Pratt's forearms as well, which are delightful. Yeah. Honestly, that was my main takeaway from that film. Action, <laughs> Velociraptors. It's just, it's just got everything you want to watch. It's great to sit down at the end of the day... Um, with your sherry and immense pies and leftovers and just sit back and watch Jurassic World. In fairness, that's the sort of the mindset I should get in because I'm not a big Jurassic World fan, but thinking about just watching some, some, you know, some dinos fighting humans whilst, whilst I've got sherry in my hand and a mince pie in the other, yeah, that's actually quite a, quite a nice image. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, Larkin, um, I'm, I think you've got another family-friendly film that you want to Yeah, no, so af after Moana finishes, if you want to keep your kids up for 12 more hours, uh, you can watch the delightful Candyman. Candyman, 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 <laughs> Candyman. <laughs> uh, I don't quite know why this is on, but I, I will certainly recommend it. Candyman's uh, one of my favorite horror films. It might be one of my favorite films. I think it's absolutely phenomenal. It's creepy. It's got a just tremendously atmospheric score by Philip Glass. Great performances. The script is so tight and entertaining and well-paced. It keeps you guessing. It keeps you on the edge of your seat. You never know what's going. And it just... Ah, I, I cannot recommend it enough. So it's on Film 4 at 1.45 a.m. Christmas night. So, so technically Boxing, technically day, morning, boxing yeah. day, I guess. Um, but everyone's going to be up at that time anyway. Put on Channel 4. It's 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 worth a watch. Yeah, so um, please uh, gather your family around the TV, watch a Moana, Candyman double bill, and then please write to us and uh, tell us that we're not responsible uh, at giving parenting <laughs> tips. Um, yeah, uh, shall we move on to December 27th? 20, 20, surely boxing Day, boxing surely, day. first, Alistair. You know... Yes, it is. You're correct. <laughs> let, let, please let me have a minute. <laughs> Bums on seats on Cambridge 105 Radio. So, nobody ever heard that. Boxing Day. Um, Emma, shall we start with you? What, what are your picks for Boxing Day? Oh, well, I think I'm probably going to go with the, with, with, the big, with the big top pick, which I think is all over the schedules anyway, which is, of course, the joy that is Paddington 2. Hugh Grant in probably his best role. Um, okay, so... Yeah, so before, because we're going to be talking about Paddington 2 for quite a bit, so just to pace ourselves, um, let's listen to the trailer of this absolute masterpiece. Mr. Gruber! Oh, what's this? Oh. <laughs> this is London. It's wonderful. Aunt Lucy always dreamed of coming to London. If she saw this, it would be like she were finally here. Lucy! Oh, Paddington. This is perfect. I've had a brilliant idea. I'm going to get a job and buy that book for Aunt Lucy's birthday. Hello, window cleaner. Ow. Quite sure you're ready for the workplace, Paddington. It's Phoenix Buchanan, Dad's celebrity client. I suppose you know who I am. Oh yes, you're a very famous actor. VIP, celebrity, <laughs> or used to be. Now you do dog food commercials. <laughs> this pop-up book. Where on earth did you find it? Mr. Gruber's antique shop. Oh, 
hold it right there. Oh, but I'm not the thief. Mysterious things have been happening all over town. World rich again. I may look like a hardened criminal, but I'm innocent. We're going to need a foolproof plan. If anyone can recognize a criminal, it's us. He's a master of disguise. Wow. This is breaking and entering. I haven't broken anything. So Paddington 2 is a masterpiece. Um, and we are now going to talk about why it is a masterpiece. Emma? Discuss. Well, the first Paddington came out in 2014, and that, as far as I was concerned, was also a masterpiece. I remember going mm-hmm. to see it and just like, you have to run to see this film. You know, it, it, it covered, it tackled themes like immigration and, you know, really, and, and just be beautiful, I mean, in a beautiful story with the best voice casting ever in Ben Whishaw. Famously, of course, it was meant to be Colin Firth, and then they sacked him soon in, and thank goodness they did, because Ben Whishaw is incredible as Paddington. So, Paddington 2 comes out, you don't think they're going to they're be able to do, do any better, and they do, by casting Hugh Grant, by having a wonderful um, subplot set in a prison with... Um, Brendan Gleeson as Brendan Knuckles Gleeson. McGinty, the <laughs> best <laughs> character name ever. And Hugh, and, and Hugh Bonneville and, and, and Sally Hawkins coming back as, as Paddington's mum and dad and the whole... It is just... I think I've never seen Hugh Grant having so much fun in his role as the washed-out actor who's having to do, like, dog food commercials and is our, you know, incredibly over-the-top baddie. Again, the animation is beautiful. Yes, it's, you know, the kind of fake London also, but it's it's this message of hope. It's a message of acceptance. At the time, there was this kind of strong, let's just remain message coming through it as well, which was great. The whole thing... If only more of the British electorate watched it. I'd watch Paddington too. Yeah, why are you putting it on on December 26th? You know, why didn't you put it on last week? Um, uh, Anybody else got any Paddington thoughts? Dave? I mean, uh, this was the source of one of my famous rounds where I I used it to comment on the poor state of the British judicial system. (laughs) They've put an adolescent bear in with a bunch of grown-ups. What the heck? Why isn't he in a young offender's prison? I can't understand it. But he he turns them around so well. And then, of course, we get the the extended dance number at the end of the film as well, also set in the prison. And I ugly cried like I've never ugly cried in the last scene, actually. Prior to the dancing, it is one of the most beautifully mm. affecting endings of, a, of any film I've ever seen. Because yeah, was... the, the plot of the film simple. He's just trying to get a present for his Aunt Lucy. <laughs> and then, and then the, well, Chaos and fuse. I can't talk about the end of the film because I'm going to start blubbing as well. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, an absolutely a wonderful film. Uh, Emma, when's that on? That is on on Boxing Day and I'm just checking to see what time it's on if anybody else has got access it's to It's 7.20. That. Thank you very much. On which channel, Simon? BBC One. BBC One. 720 Boxing Day. And I know I've been sort of sarcastically saying get your get the family round TV for all a manner of inappropriate films, but that is one definitely get the family round the TV. Dave. And interestingly, nine o'clock on BBC Two, it's not a film, but there is a documentary about Okay, Michael it's not a film, Bond. I don't care. It's about Michael Bond, <laughs> but, the creator of Right, Paddington. okay, yeah, yeah, but it's it's uh, well, is it a film show, Dave? Oh, I don't no. know. It follows the film immediately. Just go up a channel. Okay. There's uh, no good films on at nine o'clock anyway. Okay, <laughs> Dave, uh, pick uh, pick me a film to watch on Boxing Day. Oh, um, I don't actually have any written down because Paddington 2's on, and why would I watch anything else? That is the correct answer, Rowan. Well, I can do you two. So, Dave, obviously, uh, well, he didn't have one ready, so I'll pick it up and I'll do you a double bill. Um, oh gosh, I've just realised this might mean you missed the beginning of Paddington. Ugh. Anyway, ITV2, 6.25pm, kicks off a double bill of the best Jurassic Park film, Jurassic Park, and Bridesmaids, which I can't think of a more joyous double bill. Obviously not thematically uh, closely linked, but I think you'll have a great four hours if you watch those two films back to back. And Simon? Um, yeah, on BBC One at... Nine o'clock, uh, nice and early, is probably the forgotten Pixar film, The Good Dinosaur, which is an absolutely beautiful Western-style film uh, following a, a good dinosaur who's lost his parents trying to find his way home, like all good kids' films. And I'm pretty sure the kids will be in tears by the end of it, but... Maybe the adults too. And I adults was definitely too. in tears when I watched it. It is. You're right. When you say the forgotten Pixar film, you're right. I think it was. It was incredibly it was. underrated on its release, and it is a wonderful film. The animation, also, the oh. photorealistic um, landscape animation, is something to behold. It is so beautiful. To it watch. also has the strangest uh, sequence in any Pixar film, where for thirty seconds it turns into a drug trip, <laughs> which I, I, you know, 
that that's something to watch out for, guys. Um, Larkin. Was this just you tripping while watching the <laughs> No, film, no, perhaps? seriously. There's like the, the, di- the dinosaur, like, I don't know, eats some grass or something and he starts, like, having a little trippy moment. <laughs> it, it, cool. it's, it's there. I'm not making this up. Like, well, tune in, watch it, and you can yeah, find, find out. Yeah, find out for you The power of cinema, we can all interpret it different ways. <laughs> um, my, my pick for um, Boxing Day uh, is the three-hour Scorsese epic Wolf of Wall Street on Channel 4 yes! at 5 past 11. Um, I think this film isn't talked about enough. I think it's one, definitely in the top three best Scorsese films. I think it's three hours, but it is entertaining from the first second to the last. And it's got one of my favorite, most impactful endings uh, of the decade, easily. And, and it has that amazing scene when he has taken the quaaludes, which I just, scene. I love. I've seen that's, a, that's a whole, that's like that's a whole segment film. of the film, yeah. And that's what it that scene brilliant. in The Good Dinosaur was based on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, what, that's what Leo was seeing while he was trying to get into his Lamborghini. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, how does The Wolf of Wall Street compare to the films of Marvel? Oh, oh well. Um, I mean, they're not. I mean, it's more of a roller coaster ride than com- when you compare it to the films of Marvel. It's just like it's just nonstop fun, uh, similar to a Marvel film. No, it's um, <laughs> it is it's three hours. And other, I found The Irishman. Obviously, we talked about uh, last uh, show. Um, the Irishman's three and a half hours. You do feel it. It's it's not as it doesn't have. The pacing was more laborious, but Wolf of Wall Street is, it is, I joked, but it is kind of a roller coaster. You yeah, just, no, it, it goes it's a three-hour movie that yeah. flies by and it feels like 90 minutes. Yeah, yeah and I'm going to say, I, this is, I always say this, I don't always say this, I always say this. Um, <laughs> it passed my babysitting test. I had to, we had to pay a vast amount of money, obviously, to get a babysitter to go and watch a three-hour-plus film at the cinema, because then you're looking at like a four-hour evening to go out, and when you come back, you have to pay the babysitter for like four and a half hours, and you don't even mind. That's the sign of an excellent movie. So, Scarcey, you've passed the test um you know you're, you've finally been proven as a director after all these years um i've got a couple of recommendations uh, for boxing day and what better way to start boxing day than with some box trolls at five past 10 a.m on channel four um studio Leica, who uh have made paranorman uh, Cooper on the two strings they make beautiful uh, stop motion animated films and uh this is Probably the most fun, most playful film. Uh, it's about set in Victorian London and uh, some creepy trolls who live in boxes on the, you know, on the underground. It's, uh, it's a really delightfully creepy kids film. And Ben Kingsley uh, voices a villain who's a lactose intolerant man who can't stop eating cheese. Mm. It's fantastic. Bring bring your kids around <laughs> around the screen. Also on Channel Four at five p.m. is another a wonderful. Uh, children's film Ratatouille, which is uh, one of my picks for Pixar's best. My pick, Sar. Um, I have never seen Ratatouille. Well, five o'clock on Boxing Day, Channel Four. Put it on. Um, it is absolutely wonderful. Although somebody pointed out recently that it was released in two thousand and seven, uh, and there's a there's a sort of a subplot involving a, a prestigious food critic coming to the restaurant to eat the food, and uh, the food reminds him of his own childhood. And uh, somebody said that that was actually Disney uh, sort of subtly putting in the message that we should stop criticising things and just give in to nostalgia, just before they started remaking all their old films. <laughs> so it was actually just them sort of subtly planting that into our unconscious. But uh, it's still a good movie, and uh, I recommend it. Five o'clock on December the 26th. Anyway, here's another Christmas song. <laughs> Hi, you're still listening to Bums on Seats on Cambridge 105 Radio across the city and South Cambridgeshire. Uh, I'm Alistair Ryder and uh, today is our Christmas special and we're just recommending movies uh, that you can check out over the Christmas holidays if you want to slouch in front of the TV and avoid your family for a few hours. Uh, So, Dave, we're now on to December 27th, but instead of, you know, asking day by day, just from December the 27th to New Year's, give me all your recommendations. I've only got one left on my list because I was just going to jump That's not good enough, else's. Dave. Give me ten. But it's a good one. It's Eddie the Eagle on the 29th of December, uh, Channel 4, 8pm. So this is the, the biopic of Eddie the Eagle Edwards. We've got uh, Taron Egerton in the lead role. Hugh Jackman, apparently my favourite actor David's in the world. 
You know, Dave's just going home to watch a Baz Luhrmann's Australia uh, five times in a row tonight. Uh, Never. <laughs> Never again. Done it once before. No, uh, Hugh Jackman plays his coach, and it's all about uh, Eddie's struggle to try and get into the Olympics. All It's his only dream is to become an Olympic athlete, and he attempts to go for every sport as a child into the Summer Olympics, realises it's never going to happen eventually, finds out about the Winter Olympics, actually gets onto the downhill team, and then embarrasses them publicly and is taken away from the team, but then discovers the art of ski jumping. And it's more the art of breaking his bones, falling over, <laughs> bruising. And uh, he runs into Hugh Jackman's coach, who basically doesn't really want to help him, but is encouraged to when he sees that he's never going to give up and just what it is that's driving him. And it's, you know, it, it's rude, it's uncouth, but it's actually a really lovely story. I think my favourite part is actually probably Eddie's dad, paid by... Uh, is it's it? Keith Allen, I believe. Yeah, it's yeah. Keith Allen. And he's he's just like, he's consistently telling Eddie, you know, the world doesn't want to know about your dreams and everything, but Eddie never lets it stop him. And at the end, there's like a really nice little reunion between the two of them after Eddie has made it to the Olympics, after he's done his famous jump. And, it, you know, it's a lovely, lovely, possibly not entirely family-friendly film, but it's on at 8pm. No, I think it's a PG. I think that's perfectly or fine. Or it might family. be a 12A, but it's, yeah, I think it's pretty family-friendly. Yeah, they've probably cut some stuff off for TV if they're putting it in at 8, but yeah. it will go into the watershed, which is where... You so, know. yeah, uh, what date and time? Uh, so, 8pm, Channel 4, 29th of December. Perfect. Set, set the timer. Simon, what's your, what are your picks between uh, the 27th and New Year's Day? Well, I normally like to sit back and watch quite a lot of the Marvel films, um... Pure cinema, as you can get there. <laughs> and we've got a couple on Friday at 11 o'clock at night is Ant-Man. Um, not as popular as some, but it's always been one of my favourites. It's a gun, good, uh, fun heist movie. Uh, it's Paul Rudd playing Ant-Man, trying to steal his technology back. Um, it's Michael Douglas as well. Um, but the big one is on Saturday... 8.30 on ITV, where we've got Guardians of the Galaxy 2, where Chris Pratt is back again uh, from the holiday and with the rest of the gang um, taking on a big galactic menace. And spectacular Kurt Russell. <laughs> and Kurt Russell again, yeah. Well, you know, if you haven't got enough of Kurt Russell in the Christmas Chronicles, then you can just tune into Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I'm quite the Kurt Russell fan. <laughs> okay, so Rowan, it's your turn. Have you got any Kurt Russell? I haven't got any Kurt Russell, but I just want to uh, add on to Simon's thing there. I can't remember where it is in the schedule, but Iron Man 3 is also on at some point over the Christmas period. Um, my personal least favourite Iron Man, but it's still good. It's the best uh, Iron Man. So. Well, no, I, history will not be on my side, but I have, you know, I have my reasons. Anyway, <clears throat> pardon me. Uh, I'll run through a couple of my highlights. On the 28th of December, um, on Film 4 again, 6.15 in the evening, we've got Bridge of Spies, which is um, Steven Spielberg's Cold War drama starring Tom Hanks and an absolutely, I mean, you could add this adjective before any of his performances, but an absolutely remarkable performance by Mark Rylance. Um, Academy Award-winning performance as well. Indeed, indeed it was, yeah. He was just magnificent in this film the whole film is very understated not at all flashy exactly my kind of spy film i think um definitely as the the season winds down and you want something that's just maybe you're a bit bored of christmas maybe you're a bit bored of snow and santa claus and all that kind of stuff have a look at cold war spy action although not much action either he just walks about a bit um, the next day I, again on film 4 9pm I'm going to put in a defence of the 2017 reboot of Ghostbusters um, that was a film that did not get a lot of love when it was released um, but I think that was unfair I really enjoyed that um, that version of that film um, starring uh, Melissa McCarthy of course and uh, Kristen Wiig and uh, Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon's just brilliant in that film. I, I, I and Chris her. Hemsworth is fantastic. And Chris Hemsworth yeah. absolutely smashes it out of the park as the idiot, the the gorgeous idiot. That's Chris. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And then um, just one final one from me. Quick um, recommendation for Pitch Perfect on the 30th of December, uh, 9 o'clock on ITV2. Um, that film was not a film I expected to like. It's not anything that I normally... I hate musicals. I'm not that bothered about a cappella singing. 
Do you hate joy as well? I do, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a cold-hearted Grinch. Yeah. And yet that one sparked joy in me. I really enjoyed that film, so um, uh, give that one a go. Elizabeth Banks, playing the commentator in that film, steals it. She's magnificent. Perfect. Right, so, Emma, before we uh, go on to your picks, um, we've actually, you know, I've read your mind and I've, I've I've picked out a trailer that I think you're going to pick this film as one of yours. That so. is amazing. So, yeah, I've just read your mind, so I, this is what I think you're I going to I can't wait to hear it. Yeah. So, how was the first day of school? It was fine, I guess. I don't know. Do you ever look at someone and wonder what is going on inside their head? Did you guys pick up on that? Sure mm -hmm. did. Something's wrong. We're gonna find out what's happening, but we'll need support. Signal the husband. <clears throat> With a nice pass over the reef, comes across center ice. <clears throat> Uh-oh, she's looking at us. What did she say? What? Oh, oh, sorry, sir. No one was listening. Is it garbage night? Uh, we left the toilet seat up. What? What is it, woman? What? Signal him again. Ah, so, Riley, how was school? Oh, you gotta be kidding me. For this, we gave up that Brazilian helicopter pilot? School was great, all right? What was that? I thought you said we were gonna act casual. Riley, is everything okay? <sighs> Sir, she just rolled her eyes at us. All right, make a show of force. I don't wanna have to put the foot down. No. Not the foot. Riley, I do not like this new attitude. Oh, I'll show you attitude, old no, man. No, 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 breathe. What is your problem? Just leave me alone. Sir, reporting high levels of sass. Take it to DEFCON 2. DEFCON 2. I don't know where this disrespectful attitude came from. You want a piece of this, Pops? Yeah, well, look. Prepare the foot. Keys to safety position. Ready to launch on your command, sir. So, so that was the trailer to Inside Out. Was I correct in thinking, Emma, that I, you would? I do not that? know how you managed that, Alistair. That was going to be my final, my almost final pick for the Christmas <laughs> schedules. So, just to clarify, um, in case you're not familiar um, with this very popular uh, uh, Pixar film, probably my favourite of theirs in the past few years. Um, Definitely. Um, basically, it's set within the mind of uh, a 10-year-old girl, I think, and it's her different emotions all have different characters and they uh, basically can d discuss and sort of control the inside of mind. So those weird voices you just heard, which I realised that playing that trailer without any context may be confusing, but, uh, yeah, it's all the emotions inside the mind of her, her mother and her father all arguing with each other as the mother father and daughter are all arguing themselves at the dinner table. Yeah, it was kind of, it was like Pixar does a little bit of tween angst, I would say. The, your story is Riley, she's moved to San Francisco, she's incredibly lonely, she's feeling uprooted, and she has in her head, obviously, you have fear and anger and, I think, disgust um, and joy. Amy Poehler does a beautiful job, at, you know, and she's the one that's just trying to keep Riley a little bit more upbeat to save the memories, to make her feel good about stuff, and it all kind of goes back to her childhood, her imaginary childhood friend called Bing Bong, excellently done by, by um, Richard Kind, excellently voice actor by Richard Kind. And I remember when we reviewed this the first time round, I always said how good it was because he's genuinely quite a creepy character and not that much fun and really annoying. But I think that taps in to what childhood, like imaginary friends are like in your childhood. Combine that with a really crisp running time of I think like 92 minutes some of the fizziest animation I've seen Pixar do for a long time and just some you know excellent voice work again Bill Hader Amy Poehler Mindy Kaling um Phyllis uh, Phyllis Smith doing sadness it's just brilliant and it, it, it speaks to everybody and it, it's really funny yeah no and I think I think one of the best things about Inside Out is again it's like what Pixar at the best they managed to get like sort of deeper adult conversations into children's films like hey this is largely about a depression and mental health and i think that they managed to weave that very nice nicely into a very sort of cute very fun animation exactly and then end up with some awesome post-credit sequences like imagining everybody's voices inside their head so you know the road rage guy and then dogs and cats it's it's really it's it's definitely in my top three of pixar films oh yeah um, so uh you've got another light-hearted film for all the family <laughs> yeah, to recommend yeah. as well one to gather everyone around so um on the 27th we say yeah 27th of december again on more four at 9 p.m is sicario <laughs> starring um <laughs> Emily Blunt and um, Emily Blunt 
Yeah, Emily yeah. Blunt. Who's yeah. Emily Blunt? It's Josh Brolin, Benicio Del Toro, Daniel Kaluuya, all in it. About the drug wars on the border of Mexico, and I believe that Ashley's just Is this just the one this. that I got mixed yeah. up with? Yes, Because Benicio Del Toro is not the same person as Antonio Banderas. Correct. <laughs> this is one when I was really confused when you were saying a great film with Antonio Banderas. Actually, Benicio Del Toro. <laughs> and it's all about the drug wars on the, you know, in, in, in Mexico with the cartel, and it is dark, it's beautifully photographed, um, really amazing cinematography, and... I'm, I'm not necessarily beloved by everybody, but I think it's an excellent, excellent movie. Certainly better than the sequel. Oh, well, that's uh, that's currently on Netflix or Amazon. I can't remember which one I saw it on, but yeah, I've only seen the sequel. I quite liked it. It'll well, be... watch, watch the first and then you'll be like, the sequel was fine, I guess. But, you know, the first is, you know, full-on greatness directed by uh, Denis Villeneuve who uh, went on to make Arrival and Blade Runner 2049. And I think photographed by, is it, it's Roger Deakins. Roger Deakins, yeah. It's, it, yeah. it's just the cinematography in that is, is amazing. So get the biggest TV you can watch it on. Beautiful. Right, Larkin. So, um, one last pick from me. Um, if, in, As opposed to Inside Out, if you want to watch a film that's not just a bunch of ideas strung together without a narrative. Um, at, <laughs> okay, I can throw you out of this studio. Like, Larkin. Um, at 2am on... Well, it's 2am on New Year's Eve, so I guess that's uh, New, New Year's, Year's Day, Day morning. See, see in um, 2020. Get, it, get on from the pub. Open, t- open 2020. Everyone's going to be awake at 2am. Point Break is on. That is actually the best way to see in the news. BBC yes. One, uh, the most fantastically testosterone-fueled action film ever made, uh, directed by Catherine Bigelow. Although I will say how bizarre it is that Catherine Bigelow made easily the greatest New Year's Eve movie ever, Strange Days, which is also written by James Cameron, and they choose to put Point Break on on New Year's Eve. But we won't, I won't look too far into it because Point Break is a phenomenal film and everyone should watch it. I'm sure you can probably pick up Strange Days on, from CEX for like 50p. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, less than that. So yeah. buy that. Watch that on New Year's Eve. Go out to the pub. Come back home. You've had a few beers. Perfect time to see Point Break at yeah. two a.m. Close close the year with Strange Days. Open the year with Point Break. Exactly. And if is there never? There's uh, surely every time is a perfect time to watch Point Break. Well, that is because true. Because it's awesome. But also, I'm not just seeing in the new year. Seeing in the new decade. Uh, you need to start the new decade with a Keanu Reeves film. That is just... And, that, pa- what, and Patrick Swayze. Yeah, come on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> come on, Alistair. <laughs> uh, anybody else got any point-break thoughts? No? No, we haven't? Damn. Is, I mean, it's one of the greatest films of all time, so... <laughs> <laughs> Do we need to you say any more? say much more than that. <laughs> I, was, I was expecting people to be very ecstatic and just punching the table and be like, yes, point-break! All we can think about is how great point-break is, so <laughs> yeah. we, we can't really form the thoughts right now. How can now. we articulate more? Yeah. I do a wonderful Keanu Reeves impression, but I won't share that with you. I, oh, no, no, please, we need, to, we need to end. Okay, I'm getting, I'm getting like, Ashley's telling me to wind up, and I now just want to end on the Keanu Reeves impression, please. Why, did, why would you mention this? Uh, <laughs> I would have you got, you gotta go down, Bodie. It's the way it's gotta be. <laughs> and on thank that, you very much. I'm here all week. And on that note, thank you for listening uh, to Bums on Seats this week. We hope that you uh, will seek out some of these films on our TV over the Christmas New Year period. And uh, yeah, we'll be back in two weeks with an extra special show um, where we count down our top 12 films of 2019. There will be surprises. There will be some obvious picks. There will also be as you know, forcing Emma to try and do a Keanu Reeves impression again. You know, it'll be great. So stay tuned to Cambridge 105 at 1pm in two weeks for that. Uh, this show will be repeated tomorrow at 2 uh, and it will also be available as a podcast in the coming weeks. So, you know, if you've forgotten any of the films we've recommended, you have no excuse. Download the podcast and we're here to help. And uh, yeah, so for me and all of the Bums on Seats team, goodbye and Merry Christmas. Goodbye. Bye. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas.